Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? It's Mason Pierce here, the host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, welcome back to once again another episode, episode 3 of Catching Up with the NFL. And in today's episode, guys, we finally have some stuff to talk about. So, you know, just, you know, the past two episodes, it's really just been, you know, a few topics here and there. We've got a decent amount we've got to talk about in today's episode. The Combine, it's come and gone. A lot of big guys. They were definitely able to secure the bag. I mean, some of the 40 times that we saw for some of the defensive linemen and edge rushers were off the charts, which includes George's Nolan Smith running a 4-3-9. Yes, and that is for a edge rusher on the defensive line. We also talk a little bit about some of the quarterbacks that showed out during the combine. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, pretty much all scouts right now currently have them being the top two picks overall. And then we also talk about Anthony Richardson out of Florida, absolutely just blowing away scouts at the Combine, made a ton of quarterback Combine history, and why I think potentially he he has jumped himself into the top 10 overall picks in this year's draft. And then we also talk about some uh, some free agency stuff that's been going down. We talk about Lamar Jackson finally getting non-exclusive franchise tagged by the Baltimore Ravens, which I'll dive into that a little bit later and, you know, help, help y'all understand it a little bit better about why this might potentially be the end of the Baltimore Ravens era with Lamar Jackson. We also talk about Derek Carr finally picking a team after it was rumored to be the Jets. He decides to pull a 360 and signs a massive deal with the New Orleans Saints and why this potentially might really inflate the quarterback market, and we'll talk about that as well. And then Daniel Jones, he finally was able to secure the bag with the New York Giants as well, and Saquon Barkley gets the franchise tag from them. We've got a decent amount of stuff we got to talk about, guys, in today's episode, so I do hope that y'all enjoy. Make sure if you're on your way to work, make sure you've got you know your Bluetooth connected, everything like that, so you can listen to today's episode. Make sure you've got coffee, a snack, or if you're in bed, just chill out. You know, Let's just talk some NFL. So, like I always say, guys, I don't want to waste y'all's time. I don't want to waste my time either, so let's get right into today's episode. And first and foremost, guys, I appreciate all the support that y'all have shown. I know the episodes haven't really been coming out as crazy as they used to. It's really that point of the year. It's finally starting to actually get a little bit better, but you know, it's still at that point of the offseason where there's just not a lot of crazy stuff going on, but finally this week... Things started to pick up, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna kick it off talking about a bunch of um, NFL Combine stuff. So first and foremost, let's talk the Combine. Now, some of the most impressive stuff from the Combine over the past weekend definitely has to be all of the big guys that ran, you know, four fives and up. I mean, there was at least probably about five to ten guys that probably made themselves a couple extra million just simply you know being able to run as fast as they did I can't remember his name but the defensive lineman from uh, Pitt who was very similar in size and even some of his stats at the combine to another really good undersized and I'd say that in quote-unquotes very undersized Pitt defensive lineman in Aaron Donald very much resembled him and a guy that probably also put himself into the top 10 um, picks in this year's draft and then Nolan Smith out of Georgia, the edge rusher, who was really, really a huge, you know, huge key in that just absolutely ridiculous defense that Georgia had back in 2021. He was with Georgia last year, but was dealing with an injury pretty much the entire season, so never really saw a lot of playing time. But this guy showcased a ton and really gave, you know, scouts a reason why they should pick him in the first round. He ran a 4.39 official 40-yard which 40 yard dash which is just absolutely absurd. I mean, somebody of his size and let me see if I can 
Okay, here we go. Nolan Smith, he's six foot two, two hundred and thirty-eight pounds. And just some of the results that he had from the combine ran a four three nine forty, had a one point five two ten yard split, forty one inch vertical. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on with Nolan Smith, a guy that I definitely think if he drops out of the first round would be an absolute steal in the second round. I do think he'll probably end up in the first. I don't know yet when I'm going to drop my mock draft and all that for you guys, but it probably will be here in the next co- in the next couple weeks. Obviously, it's, you know, closer the draft gets. And then some other combine, you know, results that we had, the quarterbacks, they looked pretty good this year. I mean, we had a lot of speedsters. And the most notable one that came out of this year's NFL Combine definitely had to be Anthony Richardson of Florida. Now, this guy, if, you, if you've watched him at all during his college career at Florida, he's definitely been kind of hampered a little bit in terms of just the current situation going on with Florida football, where the coaching has been horrendous. They don't have the same talent like they've always had. But Anthony Richardson very much very much was one of those huge talents that they got you know comes from Gainesville Florida went to his home hometown school in the University of Florida and didn't necessarily have the college career that a lot of people expected him to have you know Heisman's SEC contending teams and all that but in terms of just pure athleticism and just him as a player this guy jumps off the charts he is six foot four 244 pounds at the quarterback position that's absurd. And then when you see this, you see some of the results he put up in the NFL Combine. Ran a four-four-three forty-yard dash, which is absurd for a quarterback. Now, you, you know you're probably thinking, okay, if he's, if he's this big, this athletic, he's probably going to end up being, you know, moved around as a tight end or as an athlete in the NFL. They're just going to put him somewhere other than quarterback. And you'd actually be wrong because I, you know, you know, if you've watched Anthony Richardson in Florida. He doesn't have the strongest arm of all time, but he can definitely sling the football. You know, he doesn't have a Josh Allen type arm, but there's been a couple videos, and I think I've even posted one probably a few weeks ago before the combine, where he was slinging a ball about 70 yards almost casually. So he has the potential, and I think that's really what makes him so much more attractive, in my opinion, than a lot of other quarterbacks in this year's draft, is obviously the word potential. Now, got to be able to develop them you kind of have to do what you did with Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes showed all those attributes at Texas Tech then when he got drafted to the Chiefs they were able you know after sitting behind Alex Smith for a year he was able to develop and turn into the Patrick Mahomes that we see now now for Anthony Richardson you could get a similar case like this where you let him if a team drafts you know team drafts him you know they're planning on you know moving on from a different quarterback right let him sit behind him for a year, let him develop, and I think Anthony Richardson could really end up being one of the steals of the draft, and you're probably saying that's absolutely just ridiculous, but I definitely do think he can, he definitely has the potential to be that, and after his combine, and y'all can watch some of the highlights and all that for yourself, I think he's definitely secured himself as a top 10 pick, and I think the Raiders probably, the Raiders and Panthers are definitely two of the top Two of the top teams, I think, that are going to be looking to get them. Obviously, the Raiders, they moved on from Derek Carr. Derek Carr is now with the Saints. And then for the Panthers, they just simply can't, you know, figure out the quarterback position to save their life. You know, after they released Cam Newton, tried it with Teddy Bridgewater, didn't work. Tried it with Sam Darnold, didn't work. Tried it with Baker Mayfield, didn't work. They still have Matt Corral, who was their, I think, third-round pick from last year's draft out of Ole Miss. But I don't think he's going to end up being the guy. So, 
Both of those teams are looking for a good quarterback, and I think Anthony Richardson could be that. But with the risk comes also the fact that he won't really have as much time to develop, which could potentially hamper him on the field. So we'll just have to wait and see. But Anthony Richardson earned him a buttload of money during the NFL Combine by making just a ton of quarterback records get broken during the Combine. So that's really it for the Combine. I'd... I didn't watch too much of it. Now, obviously, I was kind of glancing in and looking at some of the major things, like, for example, for example, Anthony Richardson running a 4-4-3-40 at his size and everything like that. Like, that's just stuff you don't really see all the time. And then, obviously, you got Nolan Smith, who made some history for defensive linemen, also watched a couple other guys. So the combine wasn't bad. A lot of guys really made a lot of money for themselves. And another really cool moment, there was a USC offensive lineman who, unfortunately, tore his ACL clean. So he's going to be out for probably this you know this upcoming NFL season was projected to be a second and third round pick but instead of just you know stopping the combine not doing any other drills or anything like that he actually decided to do the bench press and I think he did 30 like he he did some absurd amount 38 reps of 225 and it's it's incredible you know like work at work ethic like that is what's going to get him drafted at his same position like the same level he was already proje- projected because if you're able to do that, even though you're dealing with an excruciating amount of pain, obviously in your leg after you t- tear your ACL, and yet you're still thinking about you know other drills and stuff you can do, that's what NFL teams are going to want. So I thought that was pretty cool. Y'all can check it out on Twitter or Instagram or something like that. I don't remember his name, but shout out to him for just being an absolute dog. Now, guys, let's get into some free agency news going around in the NFL. And, well, it's a time of year where we see a lot of guys get released we see a lot of guys get traded and see a lot of guys get franchise tagged. And we've had a couple franchise tags going on throughout the league. The Cowboys, they have uh, franchise tag Tony Pollard. Kind of surprised by this move because I really felt with how stacked this year's running back classes with guys like Bijan Robinson, Devon A. Chain, Kendra Miller, Jameer Gibbs, Isaiah McBride. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I really felt for the Cowboys in terms of doing the smarter thing financially because, as we all know, they really haven't done that with that huge $90 million contract they gave to Zeke, which has turned into be a horrendous, horrendous contract. Dak Prescott, that contract starting to not look as good as we all thought it was. The Michael Gallup contract extension, you know, instead of holding on to Amari Cooper, you let him go. You trade him to the Browns and instead re-sign Michael Gallup, who, yes, was still coming off that ACL injury, but really just looked like a shell of his old self. So that contract's kind of starting to look very... Eh. So for the Cowboys, I mean, obviously Tony Pollard was pretty much Dak Prescott's security blanket outside of Dalton Schultz, who's also going to enter free agency, which I'm not really surprised by that whatsoever because tight ends, especially the ones that play like Dalton Schultz, are easily replaceable. So that one was bound to happen. But um, Tony Pollard is going to stay a Cowboy as he got franchise tagged by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and then into some more notable franchise tags that we did have. The Commanders, they franchise tagged their defensive lineman, Deron Payne. Um, there were a few other guys that got franchise tagged, but I really want to talk about some of the more blockbusters, some of the you know big storyline type of guys. And the first one, and this is one that's really been talked about the entire offseason, and that is the Baltimore Ravens placing a non, um, non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, who has been waiting to get a big payday. He's seen all these other quarterbacks around him, guys like Daniel Jones who got paid. 
um, yesterday by the Giants. Also seeing guys like Derek Carr who continues to get these big-time contracts. And, well, Lamar Jackson, he got placed on the franchise tag. And, you know, rightfully so, I definitely expect him. And, you know, like I, like I said earlier on in the uh, intro of today's episode, non-exclusive means that, Lamar Jackson, he is able to speak with other teams about contracts and potentially what they would offer, but also at the same time, the Ravens, they can be able to match that offer, or if they can't match that offer, they would get two first-round picks in exchange for Lamar Jackson, which, to be honest, really isn't even that bad of a deal. I mean, we saw Deshaun Watson, you know, the the Browns gave up, I think, three first-round picks for him, so getting, you know, a former MVP quarterback in Lamar Jackson who has proven to be a pretty reliable quarterback in his NFL career so far I know there's been some moments where he's definitely not looked like the same you know Lamar injury issues and everything like that but I mean hey he gets in the right system I think everything can work really well for him now the cost currently and I have it written down somewhere so just give me two seconds so the cost right now is 32.41 million dollars for Lamar Jackson under the franchise tag, which in comparison to what some other quarterbacks are getting paid, like Derek Carr, who we're about to talk about in a little bit, and also with um, Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson is severely underpaid through the franchise tag and is going to be looking for some form of contract extension. Now, the Ravens, they've already pretty much said they are still discussing contract extensions with Lamar Jackson. They only placed it on him just so that they would at least still have a chance of retaining him and keeping him as their quarterback one. And I don't blame them. I mean, a guy like Lamar Jackson is not really that replaceable considering the type of speed and athleticism you have at the quarterback position. His arm is a little bit uncontrolled, and definitely you don't know what you're going to get, but at least with his legs, you know you're going to get a great running quarterback. Now, in terms of teams that are potential suitors, it has already been announced, and one of the teams that I really thought was going to be pushing for Lamar Jackson was the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and there was one other, the Washington Commanders. Those three teams have already said they are not interested in Lamar Jackson. They are not going to be pursuing Lamar Jackson Jackson to make him their quarterback one. So with Washington, makes a little bit of sense. They're going to test out Sam Howell. With Carolina, they've got the draft coming up. And like I just mentioned, potentially going to look at a guy like Anthony Richardson. But for the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, why not take a chance on Lamar Jackson? I mean, I mean, realistically right now, you're looking at your starting quarterback for the 2023 season being Desmond Ritter in his second year. You know, he looked pretty, you know, looked average in the in the few games that he played towards the end of the year for the Falcons. But to get a guy like Lamar Jackson and all you got to give up is two first round picks. I mean, come on now. I mean, obviously on top of the contract, but just give up two first round picks. Doesn't sound that bad to me. You already got Kyle Pitts. You know, the offensive line has been very underrated for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they're they're a few pieces away from having one of the top O-lines in the NFL. But, I mean, I guess it's more of a cap hit. You know, last offseason they were looking at getting Deshaun Watson, but instead he ended up being a Cleveland Brown. And, well, this offseason they were looking at Lamar Jackson, and apparently they decided they do not want any type of, you know, piece of that. Now, for the team that I think really is going to be probably one of the top contenders is going to end up being the Las Vegas Raiders, and we all know why. They're really trying to find a quarterback. I think if the Panthers are able to get Anthony Richardson before the Raiders, now I don't remember how the the draft uh, numbering is and everything like that. I don't remember what place they're in, but I definitely could see the the Raiders potentially being a a suit for Lamar Jackson because I mean I think De- I think Devonte Adams would be stoked to have him. Josh Jacobs, who also got placed on the franchise tag, another guy that ended up getting on the franchise tag as well. 
um, Darren Waller, all of those guys. I mean, I think I think Lamar in in Las Vegas would be super dangerous. And I'm not going to make the same mistake that a lot of people made last offseason when we were talking about the AFC West being super dangerous. You know, now the Broncos have Sean Payton as their head coach. The Raiders could potentially go out and get Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Chiefs and Chargers both have their franchise quarterbacks. The Chiefs have their two-time MVP quarterback and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You know, all that fun stuff. But I do really think that that division could get a little bit more competitive if you add a guy like Lamar Jackson in there who still has a ton left in the tank and definitely could make a huge impact on that Las Vegas Raider team. So Lamar Jackson, he is technically franchise tagged by the Baltimore Ravens, but is in a non-exclusive franchise tag, which means he's able to communicate with some other teams, but we're going to have to wait and see if he ends up staying with the Ravens or decides he will be playing elsewhere in 2023. And then for another franchise tag that we had, the New York Giants, their former number two overall pick back in the 2018 draft, Saquon Barkley, has been franchise tagged. And he also has a non-exclusive uh, franchise tag, which is about $10 million, which really, in my opinion, is not that bad. I definitely think Saquon could have gotten a little bit more if he went somewhere else. But regardless, not a bad uh, not a bad deal for Saquon, the former first-round pick. I mean... Dealt with a lot of injury issues after his rookie year, but this past season was finally able to st stay healthy, and we really were able to see, you know, what Saquon is when he is healthy. I mean, ran, I think, for over a thousand yards, or at least very, very close to a thousand yards, and was a big reason why that Giants offense got completely revitalized under Brian Dable. I mean, obviously, a big part of that was Daniel Jones too, finally addressing a lot of the issues that he had dealt with early on in his career. And since we're speaking about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, he got a massive payday. Now, originally he was looking for 45, 45 to $50 million a year, which is a ton considering, you know, it's Daniel Jones, not necessarily Lamar Jackson-esque, Jackson Patrick Mahomes-esque, but with the quarterback market continuing to grow and grow and grow, it only makes sense that he asked for money of that level and also with Derek Carr, who in my opinion – has pretty much accomplished the same amount outside of Derek Carr having more Pro Bowls. But anyways, Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, they have agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract with $82 million guaranteed once he signs that contract. And there also is another $35 million that will be available in incentives. So both teams pretty much met right in the middle. If you just look at the contract base, four years, $160 million. 40 40 uh, 40 million a year pretty much got pretty much Daniel Jones got what he wanted while also allowing the Giants to have a little bit more flexibility and try to get some other guys and all that um also with the thing with incentives if you know he plays as well as he did this past year plays even better he'll be able to he'll be, he will be able to earn even more than that and I think that's honestly not a really bad contract when I first read it I was like okay it's kind of a little bit of an overpay but Daniel Jones especially this year, really showcased his legs, his mobility. He showcased it also. He's able to sling the football, be able to, you know, get it into those tight areas. I really think this is not a bad idea. And, you know, for all the people out there like, well, well why don't they just go find another quarterback, draft one, yada, yada, yada. you got to find a guy that's going to give you more productivity than Daniel Jones, right? Aaron Rodgers, if he's going to get traded, it's going to probably end up being to the Jets. I doubt he's going to go to the Raiders. He's probably going to end up being the Jets. I mean, heck, Sauce Gardner's even starting to tweet at Aaron, Aaron Rodgers now, so that's likely going to end up happening here soon. But, um, no, I mean, for a guy like Daniel Jones – 
the type of season he had this past year, being able to lead this team into the divisional round, and yes, they got blown out by the Eagles, but they were able to upset the Vikings in the wild card round, which that was a huge win on the road. So for Daniel Jones, I think he earned this contract. He proved it to himself under the right coaching staff, in the right situation, and to make it even better, he didn't even have a real good group of wide receivers. I mean, one of their top wide receivers this past season was Isaiah Hodgins. A guy that probably didn't even expect to be on a 53-man roster this year at all. Uh, Sterling Shepard was down with injuries. Kenny Galladay, who they finally released, he played horrible once again this year after signing a huge contract with them uh, during, I think, two off-seasons ago. So Daniel Jones, he gets the bag from the New York Giants as he signs a four-year, $160 million contract with the Giants, with $82 million of it guaranteed. So... In my opinion, I think it's a really good prove-it deal for Daniel Jones, the former first-round pick by the Giants back in 2019. Now, y'all, for another contract, another big-time quarterback that uh, signed a um, contract extension, we're going to be talking about former Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr and the Raiders, they mutually split this offseason, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't think there's really going to be – you know, they gave Derek Carr everything that they could, went out and got Devontae Adams, who was his superstar teammate at Fresno State. Things really didn't work out the way that they planned to. Devontae Adams played really fantastic this year, just was obviously hampered a little bit by the play of Derek Carr. The Raiders, that team didn't work out the way that they wanted it to. So what do you got to do? You got to change things up. And one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people – and, I mean, if you've watched any Raiders football, you can definitely say has been quarterback play. Now, Derek Carr has shown – he has shown flashes of being that great quarterback that, you know, the Raiders ended up – you know, they picked him in the first round for a reason back in – God, what was it, 2014, I want to say? But things just didn't work out. His eight seasons with the – uh, with the Raiders just were really underwhelming. I mean, they only made it to the playoffs a couple times. I think they only won maybe one or two playoff games at most. So it was going to be a new start for Derek Carr, you know, fresh start, be able to go to a new system and everything like that. And, well, some of the suitors to land him were the New York Jets, excuse me, guys, New York Jets, Carolina Panthers, and the New Orleans Saints. Now, I thought it was going to probably end up being between the Panthers and the Jets just the way that – you know, it sounded from all the different analysts and everything like that. Also, the fact, too, that Derek Carr had numerous visits with the Jets. It really looked like, okay, maybe the Jets could have potentially become, you know, his new team. But he decides to make a 360, goes back down south as the New Orleans Saints signed Derek Carr to a four – was it a four-year? Let me see real quick. They, they agreed to a four-year $150 million contract. Now, it potentially could be worth up to $150 million, but also $100 million of that is guaranteed. So, a pretty hefty contract by the Saints. And you're also thinking, too, if, you, you know, if you're a Saints fan or just know a decent amount about the NFL, what's going to happen with, Jam with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill? And from what it sounds right now, Jameis Winston's going to end up becoming a cap casualty, so expect him to get traded or released probably in the next few weeks. Taysom Hill, once again, is just going to continue to be kind of his athlete role, being in the backfield, lining up on the lining up on the line, you know, just continuing to do the things he always does, and you know, obviously the main reason being an emergency quarterback. So. The Saints, they get their new quarterback one. They go out and get Derek Carr, who is not a bad quarterback. He's got a great arm, but he's a lot older. He's not the same Derek Carr that we saw, you know, that was slinging it really well to guys like uh, Amari Cooper, you know, 
even Devontae Adams this past year. So we're gonna have to we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that whole thing's work. I don't really. This is gonna take a little bit more time for me to really make a judgment on this signing because for all we know. Derek Carr could have been the last piece or one of the final pieces that the Saints needed for them to kind of reemerge again. Now, they're probably going to end up trading Michael Thomas, so that's one weapon that's going to be gone off the offense. Alvin Kamara, he's dealing with a bunch of legal issues from that that beat down or whatever he had going on in the offseason, so he may not even really play next year depending on how all that works. So we'll have to wait and see how this whole contract works for the Saints, but Derek Carr, who's 31, he gets a another huge payday from the New Orleans Saints in a four-year, $150 million contract. And, well, guys, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Catching Up with the NFL. Let me know what y'all thought about today's episode. I tried to make sure it wasn't crazy long. I mean, I probably could have talked probably for another 30 minutes maybe. But, you know, I don't want to just continue to blabber and blabber and blabber and sound like I'm just talking to myself. Even though, technically, I'm talking to myself, but technically, I'm also talking to y'all at the same time. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Let me know what y'all thought about it. Let me know what y'all's favorite part was. And, guys, I mean, the draft... It's only a month and a half away. We're gonna be we're gonna be diving into a lot more draft stuff. I hope probably by the end of March or beginning of April, I will have my mock draft out for all you guys. So if you're in competition or betting with people, make sure y'all use my mock draft because I'm gonna make sure I do all my due diligence to give y'all the best mock draft possible. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for all your support. Make sure y'all check out the interview that we're gonna be dropping tomorrow on Thursday. And guys, I hope you have a blessed Wednesday, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.